Our topic for today, kind of take a note of it. Life will teach us, but it's better when Christ teaches us. Life will teach us, but it's better when Christ teaches us. Oh, you're going to see some things today. You see, the popular saying is, the more you live, the more you learn. For the most part, this is true. However, some people get stuck in a bubble repeating the same foolish practices day in and day out. They just keep doing the same thing. They don't learn from the mistake. They just keep on going. What I love about the Lord Jesus Christ is that there is never a dull moment. Mm-mm. We get new revelation when we study the word on a daily basis. And what we do when we get something new, we want to share that information with someone, don't we? We call up a friend. Hey, man, guess what I read in the word today? You ain't going to believe this, you know? And we share. That's when you're excited about the gospel. Now, some people, they're Christians, they've gotten complacent. They're like, uh, yeah, I hear it. It's just for me, though. One pastor was joking. He's like, you know, he feel like saying, come on, Jesus, let's just leave. Let everybody else go to hell. <laughs> no, not good. That's not what we're called to do. We're called to share the good news. It's a hopeful news. It's a, a message of hope and love. And not everyone is going to accept it. But there are some that actually will pay attention to what we have to say. So we're going to jump into the word today, starting in the book of John. Let's go to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. The last of the four Gospels, John chapter 8. And we're going to pick it up in verse 12. All right. And it reads, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. The Pharisees replied, you're making those claims about yourself. Such testimony is not valid. Jesus told them, these claims are valid even though I make them about myself. For I know where I came from and where I'm going. But you don't know this about me. You judge me by human standards, but I do not judge anyone. And if I did, my judgment would be correct. In every respect, because I am not alone. The Father who sent me is with me. Your own law says that if two people agree about something, their witness is accepted as fact. I am one witness, and my Father who sent me is the other. Where is your Father? They asked. (laughs) Jesus answered, Since you don't know who I am, you don't know who my Father is. If you knew me, you would also No, my father. Jesus made these statements while he was teaching in the section of the temple known as the treasury. But as he was not, but he was not arrested because his time had not yet come. Let's continue. Later, Jesus said to them again, still teaching them, I am going away. You will search for me, but will die in your sin. No, he's talking specifically to the Pharisees, because they are unbelievers. They don't believe in him. And if you don't believe in Jesus, then you can't receive the benefits that he offers us. That's why I told them, you will die in your sin. You cannot come where I'm going. Now listen to the crazy people. They ask, is he planning to commit suicide? What does he mean you cannot come where I'm going? Jesus continued, you are from below, which is where? Hell. I am from above. You belong to this world. I do not. That is why I said that you will die in your sins. For unless you believe that I am who I claim to be, you will die in your sins. And there's so many people that we meet that they're quick to say, I believe Jesus was a good carpenter. He made tables and chairs. I believe he was a prophet. But I don't believe he's the savior of the world. I don't believe he died for all humanity. And they just don't believe that. People who don't believe that, he's saying here, 
that they can't inherit eternal life. Now, I know that there's a lot of religion out there, and there's a lot of good people out there. And I'm hoping and praying and believing that they will hear the gospel and repent of their sins. But if someone hear and don't want to listen to what Jesus has to say, that puts them in a very, very sticky position. So, key point number one. Let's kick it off with this, because it's all about salvation. Because if you don't have salvation, everything else that you're trying to acquire in this life is foolish. In God's eyes, in my eyes, and it should be in your eyes. Key point number one. We can only, no, we can learn to earn finances. But until we repent and turn from our sins, we haven't learned the most important life lesson. We can learn to earn finances. You can go to school, you can be a doctor, attorney, a businessman, businesswoman, whatever. But until we repent and turn from our sins, we haven't learned the most important life lesson. I know what the most important life lesson is. You have to repent of your sins. You have to live for Jesus. If you're not living for him, your life is going to be incomplete. If you're not living for him, you will never be satisfied. If you're not living for him, you won't have the peace of knowing that heaven is your future home. And so many people, they're so busy living for themselves, they just totally disregard living for Jesus. And that's not good. You want to learn the most important life lesson. To make Jesus number one. Yeah, I know you love your breakfast. God forbid you don't eat your McDonald's sandwich in the morning. You'll cut somebody off on the road. You'll be mad, arguing with people. I understand that. Those tapeworms are acting up. You just start acting crazy. But you can't make your food number one. You can't make your sexual appetite number one. You can't make your money number one. You can't make your looks. Oh, some people, they got to just look splendid before. Oh, I ain't going out. Mm -mm -mm -mm. I ain't going out the house looking like that. You just go into the supermarket. Oh, somebody might see me. Listen, you can't make that number one because we can look at ourselves, and ourself will become an idol. And no idol worshiper is going to make it to heaven. You can't put anything or anyone before God. That's a problem. You haven't learned the most important life lesson. The most important life lesson is to know that Jesus Christ should be number one in all areas. And what are the commandments he tells us? He said to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. I don't care if your neighbor is black, white, Hispanic, Indian, Muslim, Jewish, whatever. Love. Because if you don't have love, you don't have God. Don't get it twisted. There are so many unloving Christians running around talking about, oh, I love this person, I love that person. Stop lying through your teeth. You can't even love your neighbor that you see every day. How in the world are you going to talk about you love God? Stop it. And love is an action word. Love is not just something you say. Oh, yeah, I love you. Well, you know, when someone said that to me, I said, okay, show me. But, 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 uh, uh, there you go. This is important to understand. Most important life lesson when Jesus teaches us. Is to truly love God and love our fellow man. Then we can talk about having true salvation. There's a lot of people running around thinking they're saved. That's like having a standby ticket to go to heaven. You ever heard? You ever had a standby ticket on a plane? Not a good experience. Not a good experience. I did that one time when I was in the military and I learned real quick, you can be bumped. One day, I took someone to the airport and it aggravated me and my partner. Took someone to the airport. They were on a standby flight. They got checked on the plane. And then all of a sudden, 
the person with the regular ticket, because the plane was full, showed up late. They escorted the person off the plane. And they didn't have no other flight going. So that person called us up and said, come and get me. I don't have no flight until tomorrow. Oh, I was hot. I had to turn and go all the way back down to Miami Airport. No, not Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> but the thing is with standby, you can get bumped off the flight. So all the people with their standby ticket to heaven who love some people but don't love some other people. They haven't learned life lesson yet. They're not listening to Jesus. They're just doing their own thing. They're like, oh, I hear what you're saying, Pastor, but this person make me sick. So you make God sick, and you still expect him to love you and forgive you. I know you don't want to hear this message today, but it's what God gave me, so that's what I'm sharing. There are some people out there that they're quick to chastise, to blast, be little people, put them under, under a rug. That person is a scum of the earth. Praise the Lord. Stop it. That's hypocrisy. Someone offends you, pray for them. You don't have to have them up in your Kool-Aid all the time and be buddy-buddy with them. But you still should extend mercy. Blessed are the merciful, because they will what? Be shown mercy. It's important to understand. Now, we're going to go back to John. And while you're thinking, is my ticket to heaven a standby or a permanent seat? (laughs) You got to make sure that you are sure for yourself. 1 John 5 and 13 said, these things were written that we may know we have eternal life. So if you're studying the word of God, And you're seeing that you're lacking in this area. You're lacking in the forgiveness area. You're lacking in the love area. You're lacking in the, um, you're, you're, you're making idols and different things. Whatever it is that you're having issues with, get it rectified so that you will know for sure where you're going. I get calls almost every week about people dying. Young, old, middle-aged, in between, it doesn't matter. And when I hear someone die, I'm like, wow. Like I got a text message yesterday about someone dying. First thing in my mind is, man, I wonder if he had given his life to the Lord. That's all I think about. I don't think about, well, I wonder how much money he left. Who cares? You can't bring it with you. All my life, walking this earth, I have never seen a Brinks, a Brinks truck following a hearse. You don't. When someone dies... Everybody just fighting over the money. But the person who died can't bring it with them. Only thing we can bring with us when we leave this earth is either true salvation or we accept damnation. Simple. Now, let's continue. John chapter 8. Read some more so you guys can get a breather. Because I know, you know, I, I, I see the spiritual seat belts on. I see some people tow wiggling a little bit because, you know, it's kind of nervous. (laughs) It's all good. Stay with me. Let's continue. Verse 25, John chapter 8. Who are you, they demanded. Jesus replied, the one I have already are always claimed to be. I have much to say about you and much to condemn, but I won't. For I say only what I heard from the one who sent me, and he is completely truthful. But they still didn't understand that he was talking about his father. So Jesus said, when you have lifted up the son of man on the cross, he's telling them, oh, he's going to even die. They're not even paying attention. When you have lifted up the son of man on the cross, then you will understand that I am he. I do nothing on my own. But say only what the Father taught me. And the one who sent me is with me. He has not deserted me. For I always do what pleases him. And that's what we should all strive for. 
Then many who heard him say these things believed in him. So now people are getting changed. Their hearts are changing now. But what I want to home in on a little bit about doing what pleases God. Go with me to Hebrews 11. We'll come back here. But go with me to Hebrews 11 real quick. Hebrews 11. You know Hebrews, the reason why a woman shouldn't make coffee. <laughs> I love that. Hebrews 11, verse 6. And it says this. And it is impossible. Let me hear somebody say impossible. It is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who comes to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. My friends, this is important to understand. If we don't have a strong belief in who he is and what he's able and capable to do, we are going to miss this Christian walk. We're going to keep jumping back to our own sinful self. We're going to keep doing the things that we're accustomed to because we don't truly believe. And you can't just let, as the wind blows, whatever someone tell you that sound like fun, that sound like it's the hip thing, you just way sway like the wind. As someone say, jump, you say, oh, hi, and you're gone. What happened to your faith? You got to truly believe. If you truly believe in God, you will truly live for God. Think about it for a second. Everybody in this room truly believe that the chair you're sitting on is going to keep you from falling. You're not sitting there saying, I hope this chair don't break up. No, you're not. You believe. So you have the peace. That's how we got to believe in God. Knowing that he is able to keep us from falling. And live accordingly. Do the things that's pleasing to him. He said to show love, show love. He said to forgive, forgive. He said to pray, pray. He said to have fellowship time, devotion time, spend time with him. Do it. How can you call yourself a successful Christian or a true believer and you don't even have Bible reading in your daily diet? Oh, but I read the Bible on Sunday. What, you want a cookie? You're supposed to be in the Word every day. How in the world can you function as a thriving believer if you're not fueling your spirit man with the Word of God? It doesn't work that way. You won't be pleasing God if you're not doing that. Because you have to hear from God to do what God wants you to do that will be pleasing to him. That's elementary. And there's so many Christians that I talk to, they'll read text messages, WhatsApp. They'll read all sorts of posts. They'll read everybody's social media, everything. I said, did you do your Bible reading? Did you spend time studying the word for yourself? Because the devil is good at creating clutter to throw people off from what's better. Actually, the best. Don't give in to him. Not try. No, make it a priority. I got certain things that I make a priority. Like every day, I brush my teeth. It's a priority to me. Every day, I shower. I don't skip a day. That's a priority to me. I can't go to bed if I feel like I'm a little sweaty or a little funky. Like even if I go out in the road and I come back, I said, well, I showered this morning. I was like, no, I went out and I was in my car and I was around people. I'm showering again before bed. That's just me. Not everyone makes the priority. Some people, even though they're married, they're like, well, you know what? I'll just cover with the sheets. <laughs> Stop it. Get your butt in the shower. Get clean. Right? Stop shortchanging. <laughs> and you know, listen, I don't know how white people, I got to talk to Deacon Dennis, the brother Lancer, the other white people that know about this, but black people, sometimes you get up from a sheet, you see your imprint there. I'm telling you. <laughs> you think I'm kidding. Listen, this is serious business. Right? Make sure you shower. All right? 
And if you're going to add dirt to that, or residue from lotion and all that stuff, all that stuff come off your skin. Shower. All right. I'm done talking about showering. Everybody get the point. <laughs> Everyone get the point about showering. But anyways, I love a good shower. This morning, my wife is in there. I'm waiting for her to come out the shower. And she's like, it feels good. I'm like, hey, we got to go to church. <laughs> the long shower can wait till later. <laughs> But I know what she means, though. Sometimes the water temperature is just right. And even though you already washed off the soap, you're still there fooling around. Feels good. You know, some people are like, really? Yeah, you should try it. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right, y'all messing around. Let's get back to this. Key point number two. Write this down. If we want the Holy Spirit to stay close by, we must try our very best to please him, even when no one else is watching. We must try our very best to please him, even when no one else is watching. And that's where it gets tricky. But the devil will tell you, ain't nobody seeing you. You're good to go. You don't have to read your Bible. You don't have to pray. You know, you can just say whatever you want to say. Watch what you want to watch. Do what you want to do. It's okay. Nobody's seeing you. That's a lie. The Holy Spirit sees everything we do. Here's what's scary to me. He sees and knows even what we think. Everybody's like, I'm in trouble. (laughs) Yes, he knows our thoughts. Oh, goodness. There's a pastor preaching one day. It's funny. And um, he said, God understands human. He knows that we're but dust, you know. Um, after church, there group of people talking, and a little five-year-old came up and said, excuse me, Pastor, I just have one question. What is but dust? <laughs> <laughs> He's just saying we're, coming, we're dust, we come from dust. The guy's asking, what's but dust? Everybody busts out laughing. Anyways, here's the thing. Again, if we want the Holy Spirit to stay close by, we must try our very best to please him even when no one else is watching. It's important. You know, back in John, John, uh, John 8, 29, Jesus again says, And the one who sent me is with me. He has not deserted me. For what? For I always do what pleases him. We have to emulate Jesus. We have to try our best to copy what he did, okay? Because once we're doing whatever we need to do to please God, he's going to go out of his way to please us. That's a life lesson that so many people ignore and overlook. So what they do, they focus on pleasing themselves first and give God second best. And then they complain when God give them second best. They would like to have this, a whole breadfruit, but they end up getting one slice. God is like, no, we don't deserve the whole breadfruit. Now, for those who are American and they don't understand what's a breadfruit and they're trying to figure out what that is, it's a fruit that grows in a tree, it's round, and you can bake it, then fry it, you know, put a little salt and black pepper. It tastes good. You should try it. <laughs> Anyways, the fact of the matter is, that's just a scenario, but Giving God second best is not the way to go. That's not the way to go. We want to give God our absolute best. We want to absolutely try and in in our minds say, you know, I got to please him today. Every day I get up, I say, God, you know, I got to do the best I can to please you today. I want to please him today. I pray and I say, Lord, have your way. When I'm talking to people, let me say the things to them that you want me to say to them. Even when they aggravate me. And yes, I get aggravated from people too. And they will never know it. It's how you deal with things. And that's what makes us, you know, Christians. Because we bring things to the Lord instead of letting everybody know that we're going to rip their head off. Even though we think it. If you open our minds and see some things that's in our minds, you'll be like, Oh, no way. 
But as Christians, what we have to do, according to Romans 12 and 2, is be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So whenever the enemy is putting those thoughts in our minds to do things, to sin against God, we pray and say, God, I don't want to do this. Help me. I need your guidance in this. Because this is how I'm feeling. This is what's in my mind. But I want to do what's pleasing to you. You see, when you get to that level, my friend, that's when you know you're fighting. You're trying your best to be a pleasing in God's eyes Christian. But if you don't care, and just say whatever, do whatever that means, you just don't care. You're satisfied with your standby ticket. If I make it to heaven, I make it. If I don't, I don't. Not good. Not good. When the door is shut and they say, we ain't got no room for you, young man or young lady. Hasta la vista. All right. Let's read on some more. John 8, 31. Jesus and Abraham. Him and these people are going to go at it again. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teaching and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Hallelujah, Jesus. So they responded, but we are descendants of Abraham, they said. We have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean you will be set free? Jesus replied, and here's his teaching. I'm telling you, when Jesus teaches, he teaches with power. And if we would just listen, we would understand. So please pay attention. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. All right? A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. Hallelujah, Jesus. So when we have Jesus on the inside, we are free as a bird. We don't have the weight of the world pulling us down. He set us free from all of that. Now we can walk with great expectancy knowing that our Lord is going to open the right doors for us to go through. We know that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. We know that he will supply every one of our needs, not some of our needs. He promised to supply every one of our needs. So no matter if you have a great need or a small need, if you are pleasing to him and walking in his ways, he is going to supply your need. You don't have to compromise. Because if you're compromising to get your need by your own strength and your own idea, your own way, you will fail miserable and you will end up being stressed out and depressed and broke and miserable. Because that's what the devil does. The devil will see a Christian waiting on the Lord and then he says, "Uh, uh-uh, I can't have this because God is going to supply their need. He's going to bless them. So let me throw a monkey wrench in there. Now, I don't know where they came up with the term monkey wrench because I've never actually seen a monkey working on a car. <laughs> but they throw something in there to throw the Christian off their game. Next thing you know, the so-called Christian is following a different faith. Like um, someone that used to attend this church now goes to another church where the pastor says, okay, to use profanity because you're never going to be as good as Jesus. It's okay to watch pornography. If your wife ain't doing nothing for you, just go do what you got to do. It's so, and the pastor's telling people, and I'm like, are you kidding me? That's not a pastor. That's a disaster. But some people, they just want to hear tickling messages. Whatever is pleasing. And since someone in an authoritative position, like a pastor, said it's okay, they feel it's okay. But what I challenge Jesus the ministries to do is study to show yourself approved. Look in the word of God for yourself. And if anything I say up here is not lined up with the word of God, you are not obligated to do it. 
You will never hear me say, join the line and I need each person to bring $100 because that's not scriptural. You'll never hear me say things like that. I just don't roll like that. We do what the word of God says. So, with that in mind, how many times can you remember you're on the right track, you're doing the right things, and here comes the major distraction to throw you off? It happens a lot. That's why we as Christians have to be strong in our faith and be ready to resist the devil so that he can flee. He will come back again, but when he come back again, we resist him again and plead the blood of Jesus. Got so many people going to places of worship. And it's sad because they're going there with a heart thinking, okay, let me hear what God have to say and see what God have to do for me. And they go there and they leave worse than when they first got there. Because instead of getting a blessing, they got a curse. It's embarrassing. And that's happening quite often. A lot of people, oh, come and join my profit line session. Yeah, profit line is what it is. A true prophet, you don't want to hear from a true prophet from time to time. Because a true prophet is going to tell you something about yourself. Change your ways. I'm about to tell two people that they're going to die. First one did. The second one, I cried my eyes out. Begged God to spare him. And God spared him. Why am I saying this? Because there's a lot of people out there that take church lightly for granted. When the Bible tells us that we should not forsake the assembling of the church in Hebrews 10. Because we need this spiritual gas station to keep our weapons sharp so we can cut the devil to bits. Are you going to be pleasing to the Lord if you're just on truth control with the Lord? I'll see you when I see you, Jesus. And by the way, when are you going to get me that money? You know I got to pay some bills. And as the devil say, oh, you want to go to church? How about this party? How about this sexual escapade? How about this? You're like, hmm, detour. Then when you crash and burn, boom, you're like, oh, where are you, God? Help me. God was like, I'm same place where you left me. When are you going to be serious about me? When are you going to walk on the straight and narrow path? People think that being a Christian is do whatever you want. No, it's not the big broad path. It's the straight and narrow path. Get it right. You know what? You got to stop being a slave to sin. And let the sun set you free. Somebody's watching right now and they're like, I can't believe this pastor is stepping on my toe. If I step on your toe as the Holy Spirit lead, just say ouch and keep it moving. To God be the glory. Jesus says in verse 37, yes, I realize that you're descendants of Abraham. And yet some of you are trying to kill me because there's no room in your hearts for my message. I'm telling you what I saw when I was with my father, but you are following the advice of your father. Our father is Abraham, they declared. No, Jesus replied. For if you were really the children of Abraham, you would follow his example. Instead, you're trying to kill me because I told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham never did such thing. No, you are imitating your real father, which is the devil Jesus is talking about, you know. They replied, we aren't illegitimate children. God himself is our true father. Jesus told them, if God were your father, you would love me because I have come to you from God. I am not here on my own, but he sent me. Why can't you understand what I'm saying? It's because you can't even hear me. For you are the children of your father, the devil. And you love to do the evil things he does. 
He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character. So if you're going around telling lies, you are a child of the devil. You may not want to consider yourself that, but if you're a liar and you just keep on doing it, that's who you're imitating. He says this, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So when I tell the truth, you just naturally don't believe me because they're so wrapped with the devil's ways. Which of you can truthfully accuse me of sin? And since I'm telling you the truth, why don't you believe me? Anyone who belongs to God listens gladly to the words of God. But you don't listen because you don't belong to God. Hmm. Key point number three. We can hear the word of God 24-7. But only when, but only when we listen and apply his lessons will we be bound for heaven. I'll say it again in plain English. We can hear the word of God 24-7. Yeah, you can hear pastors preaching. You can be, you know, reading the Bible yourself. You can listen to radio, whatever. 24-7. But only when we actually listen and apply his lessons will we be bound for heaven. A lot of people think they're going to heaven and they're not. Because they're not living right. They lie, they cheat, they kill. They fornicate, don't think nothing about it. They're like, oh, it's okay, everybody does it. And that's one thing that disturbs me. When people tell me a certain sin and say, everybody do it. I say, who is everybody? I'm somebody and I don't do that. Oh, you act like you're perfect. I said, no, I'm striving for perfection. Not there yet. Big difference. But I'm not operating under my righteousness because I'm not self-righteous. I'm operating under the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ who lives in me, who walks with me, talks with me, and I'm trying my best to please him so that he will stay with me. Because you know what happens? If I turn off that straight and narrow path and just do the broad path where anything goes, then Jesus, step aside and let me do foolishness. And I'm not going out like that. And we have to each make up our mind to say, I ain't going out like that. I'm going to stay close to my God because I want all the blessings he has in store for me. I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss out on all the blessings that my God has for me. Everybody got to have the same mindset to say, this is what I want from my God. And I'm going to hold on to him. Like Jacob said, I'm going to all hang on to you, Lord, until you bless me. You got to have that determination. I know that everyone struggles with different things. If you need, like someone say, oh, i got to find a husband. I remember the lady told me, she said, I don't know I'm going to make it. I need a husband. I said, we got to pray about it. And she got a husband. Some people say, I need a wife. Pray about it. Get a wife. And then some people, when they get what they want, they don't come back to church no more. And then when they have problems in relationship, they show up. I say, hey, good to see you. Where you been? It's been rough. I said, didn't I tell you that Jesus is the glue that keeps relationship together? If one or two of you are not in tune with the Lord, you're going to have issues. And when you have issues, you run out of tissues. (laughs) Cry a lot. (laughs) All right, let's get back to John chapter 8, 48 now. John 8, 48. The people retorted. You Samaritan devil. (laughs) They're cussing out Jesus now. Didn't we say all along that you were possessed by a demon? No, Jesus said, I have no demon in me. For I honor my father and you dishonor me. And though I have no wish to glorify myself, God is going to glorify me. He is the true judge. I tell you the truth. Anyone who obeys my teaching will never die. Let me hear somebody say, that's me. We love the teachings of Jesus because we ain't going to die when we obey them. We're going to live forever. When we say goodbye to this life, we just transition to the next life, which is the best life. 
Hallelujah, Jesus. You got to understand this. You see, without Christ and someone dies in this life here, they go to a place called hell, which is not good. It's stinky down there. Nobody, you know why it's so, why I know hell is so stinky? There ain't no showers down there. Remember, if you shower, you'll stay clean. There is no showers in hell. Everybody's funky. And they ain't giving you no mask neither. You're going to have to suffer and smell it. Don't go to hell. Just for the funk, I can't go to hell. Forget about the fire. The fire is another level. But just for the funk, I can't go, because I don't like smelly stuff and stinky stuff. One thing that attracted me to my wife when I met her, very clean. That's what I grew up on. My mother's a clean freak. Always clean the house and everything and give me the broom and the mop and I'm helping doing my thing. I'm used to cleansiness. So I can't go around filth and be comfortable. Can't do it. I don't know, some people, you walk into some people's house, they got a tree growing there on the towel because they got dirt pile. <laughs> you got to clean the house. And then ask you if you want something to eat. I'm thinking I'm starving, but I ain't getting nothing to eat from you. I'll go to a restaurant. Thank you very much. Ask me if I want some water. Do you have bottled water? Is it sealed? Because <laughs> I ain't putting my mouth on your glass. I'm just keeping it real. People think it, I say it. Right? It is what it is. And because we keep ourselves clean, we will find that we have a clean heart and a pure heart. Because only those who are pure in heart shall see God. If your heart's filthy, dirty, messed up, hating on everybody, you're not going to see God in a favorable manner. When you see him, he's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. Your heart's filthy. Where is the love? <laughs> where is the forgiveness and not just love for those who love you back that's one thing that you know was very difficult to grasp loving all people even those who they persecute is one thing but they're trying their best to mess you up well I guess persecution is the same thing they gotta forgive them and say you know what Lord, have mercy on them. And I pray that you would bless them. That's deep. That's when you know that the Holy Spirit is in you. That's how that goes. All right. Let's wrap this up. Time is running. Got to do communion and stuff. Verse 52. The people said, Now we know you are possessed by a demon. Even Abraham and the prophets died, but you say anyone who obeys my teaching will never die. Are you greater than our father Abraham? He died, and so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? Jesus answered, if I want glory for myself, it doesn't count. But it is my father who will glorify me. You say he is our God, but you don't even know him. I know him. If I said otherwise, I would be as great a liar as you. (laughs) But I know him and obey him. Your father Abraham rejoiced as he looked forward to my coming. He saw it and was glad. The people said, you aren't even 50 years old. How can you say you have seen Abraham? Jesus Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. Before Abraham was even born. I am. At that point, (laughs) they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus was hidden from them and left the temple. Now, let's elaborate on this a little bit. Jesus said before Abraham was, I am. Because a lot of people don't know who Jesus is. They don't understand that Jesus was from the beginning. They thought that he was into existence when Mary gave birth to a son. Wrong old. Go to John chapter 1. Let me show you this first. And then I'll show you something else. John chapter 1. Starting in verse 1. In the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him. He's talking about the word. All right? Now, 
Let's continue. And nothing was created except through him. Now the word gave life to everything that was created. And his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light. So that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is a true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the world, he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him, all the Jews. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, they rejected him. But then verse 12 came. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. Let me hear somebody say, that's me. Hallelujah, Jesus. They're not reborn. No, they are rather. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So, listen again now, just to paraphrase, just to sum it up, verse 14. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. So, that is letting us know who Jesus is. God's Son who was with God in the beginning. And some people say, oh, I still don't believe that, Pastor, because, you know, Jesus only came from... I said, can I show you in Genesis when God and Jesus are having a conversation? And they're like... Show me that, Pastor. So I said, okay, go to Genesis chapter 1. And if you're looking at a table of contents trying to find Genesis, you got problems. <laughs> Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. Listen to this. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image. To be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea. The birds in the sky. The livestock. All the wild animals on the earth. And the small animals that scurry along the ground. Again. Then God said let us. Make human beings. In our image. To be like us. If it was only God talking to himself. He wouldn't say us. And he wouldn't say our image. I got a lot of people that I know and love dearly who are from the apostolic faith that don't believe that there is a God the Father and Jesus the Son separate. They believe that God the Father and Jesus is just one individual. I love them. I say we can agree to disagree, right? But God the Father did not die on the cross. God the Son died on the cross. And we're not going to argue about it. You believe what you believe. I believe what I believe. But think about it. If you're studying the scripture, and this area of scripture here confuses a whole lot of people. Let me just say this real quick. Look at verse 27 where it says. So God created human beings, right? In his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. This is before Adam and Eve. This was done so God have people on the earth. Adam was the first man in the image with the spirit of God in the garden of Eden. So when people say, how did that, that Adam and Eve's son left and the Bible say he took a, a, a wife in the land and all, I say, yes, because there were other people on the land. They just didn't know the Lord. Adam was the first man with the spirit of God. You got to study this word so the spirit of God will reveal things to you. And some people are so confused and like, but I thought the Bible said we came from Adam. Yes, Adam's descendant led to Noah. So we're all descendants from Adam. Everybody else got washed away with the flood. Genesis 6. Study your Bible. People are like, man, this Bible is deep. You have no, you have no clue the depths of this word. If you really want to dive in and let God show you some stuff, your mind will be blown away. But some people don't care about that. They just care about 
living life and having fun and partying and change your ways. Key point number four is a very long key point. All right? And God had me write it this way for a specific reason. So get ready to write or take a picture of the screen. Here are some, key point number four, here are some of the rules for being human. A, you will learn lessons. B, a lesson is repeated until it's learned. C, if you don't learn the easy lessons, they get harder. Listen to the Spirit of God now. D, you will know you have learned a lesson when your actions change. Because if you are doing the same foolish thing over and over, you haven't learned your lesson yet. I have a friend of mine, his son, just come out of jail. And then what he did, hang out with the same people and got arrested again. Didn't learn. Doing the same, same old thing. And E, when we daily seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, we will avoid the unnecessary mess. And the devil got a whole bunch of mess that he throws our way. But when we do what we're supposed to do, we will avoid it. I'll repeat it. I know it's long. It's the longest key point I've ever written. But it's what the Spirit of God said to write. Here are some rules for being human. If you want to be a good human being in the eyes of God, you want to pay attention to these things. You will learn lessons. A lesson is repeated until it's learned. If you don't learn the easy lessons, they get harder. That's what we grew up hearing. If you can't hear, you're going to feel You'll know you have learned the lesson when your actions change. Now, I learned a lot of lessons. I learned I cannot put too much hot sauce on the fried chicken because it burned my tongue. <laughs> I ain't doing that no more. My actions change. No, I keep it mild. Some people are like, oh, no, Pastor. You know, I got to make it spicy. And I say, well, you... Do what is working for you. Because some people, they have hot tongues. <laughs> you tell by the things they say. So they don't mind the extra spice. They got some spice, they call it fire. Not good. It's not good to give you ulcers and all that stuff. Be careful with that. E. When we daily seek first the kingdom of God and all is righteousness, we will avoid the unnecessary mess. And I love that. Because if we're seeking him every day, you know what's going to happen? He's going to guide us the right way. So the mess that's unnecessary, he's going to say, my child, avoid that. Don't answer that statement. Don't do that. And even in marriage, and I counsel a couple, you know, well, I counsel a lot of marriage couples, but um, couple of, I counsel a couple recently, and I said, you got to pick your battles. You don't have to answer, you know, defensive to everything, you know. Pray about it and keep it in love. You know, if you truly love your spouse, you're going to think about what comes out of your mouth before you say it. You don't just say whatever and then think about it after. You know, there are certain things that I could never, never in a million years fix my mouth and say to my wife because I love her. And she loves me, so she won't say certain things to me either. That's what love is supposed to be like. Same thing, you know, with your children. You can't say you love your children and you calling them stupid every day. You're planting negative seeds. Don't do that. Let your words be useful and helpful. You still have to be a disciplinarian, yes, 
You have to train them up the way they're supposed to grow. Yes, but encourage them. Let them know it's okay. Even if they're not perfect. And no one have perfect grades. or Maybe some of the children have perfect grades, but whatever. But not everyone is you know, able to accelerate academically or you know, remembering to do things around the house. Like our son, we got to remind him to do his chores around the house. They don't change the way we love him. We still love him. We just encourage him. Say, hey, remember you got to do this. Remember you got to do that. And then if you forget again, they get a little louder. Say, hey, he didn't do this yet. And you're asking your mom to play games and do this. Do your chores first. You got to be a parent. You know, it's okay. People say, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm my child's friend. Yeah, I'll be their friend when they pay half the rent or the mortgage. <laughs> Until then, I'm the parent. I'm just a realist. That's why I got some of the problems in the house. The kids telling the parents what to do. Ain't happening in my house. Right? Before I even get to it, my wife will go crazy. They say, what? <laughs> Ain't happening that way. No. You got to know who you are. Do your part. Anyways, let's wrap up. Let's go to Matthew 6. Matthew 6. Avoid an unnecessary mess. We got to seek the one who is able. Matthew 6, let's start in verse 31. So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you some of the things Everything you need. So it's not just Pastor Trump making it up. No. Jesus is telling us, and we're listening to Jesus' teaching, that the Father will give us everything we need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Glory be to God. Last place to go and turn is in Matthew 11. Same book of Matthew. Go to chapter 11. I want to encourage somebody with this that's going through some things right now and you're wondering, where should I turn, Lord? I don't know what to do and all this. Well, listen to the teachings of Jesus because it's best when Jesus teaches us. This is what he says in verse um, 28 of Matthew 11. Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. He said, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you. He has the best teachings, my friends, I'm telling you. But if, you have to, if you're not studying his word, you won't be receiving his teachings. He said, let me teach you. Because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear. And the burden I give you is light. And believe me, I tell you it's light because the burden they give me is, look, Trevor, walk right. Trevor, bite your tongue. Trevor, forgive this person. Trevor, show love. Trevor, this person is lost. Give them an encouraging word. And I say, you know what? God loves you, man. I know you're going through some stuff right now, but he's going to make it work out for you. Really? God loved me in spite of my evil ways? Let me tell you something. Even the people in hell right now, God loved them. Not even death and hell can separate us from the love of God. Don't think I'm making it up. Romans 8, 38 tells us that not even hell can separate us from God's love. That's what I'm telling you. The people who are in hell right now, God still love them. He loves all his creation. He created everyone. He loves everyone. So who are we to not exemplify love to everyone? If we're an extended arm of God, that's what we do. My friends, life will give us a lot of lessons, yes. But the best lessons come from Jesus. Allow him to teach us. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the encouragement. We thank you for the reminder that you have something in store for us on a daily basis. But we, your people, have to initiate, open the word of God and study so that you can speak to our hearts and pray, communicate with you constantly so that you can use us for your glory and have us live the life that we desire. 
because it's your will to give us our desires. You said in Psalm 37 and 4 that if we delight in you, you will give us our heart's desires. Let us pray for everyone right now too. Make that choice to stop fooling around, to stop thinking, I got this, I can do things on my own, but to truly surrender to you and follow your way. Because when they do, (laughs) they'll be glad they did. Have your way, Father, and be glorified in all things. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for first loving us. So touch the hearts right now of everyone that needs to repent of their sins or rededicate their life to you. Give them a speedy racing heartbeat as an indication that you're calling them to repentance because you want only what's best for your people. So if that's you, my friend, the Spirit of God is tugging on your heart. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And I want you to repeat the prayer knowing that God is listening to your heart. Say, Lord God, I confess that I'm a sinner. But today, Lord, I repent of all my sins. And I turn to you. Wash me clean and make me new. Thank you, Jesus. For dying on the cross for me. And for being raised. On the third day. Come into my heart Lord Jesus. And stay with me. From this day forward. I am yours. And I thank you Lord. For saving me. In Jesus name. Amen and amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. To God be the glory.